Uh, quite literally, this is Street Fight Reviews the MCU rebooted. We're looking at some of the most classic movies ever made. It's remakes. Uh, this week, I'm doing one that I actually did see a long time ago. And I'm doing it with Brett Payne because this is a perfect fucking movie for me and him to review. And that is Red Dog. Red Dog. Come on. I got That's a good beer. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll tell you this, Brett. The keychain that we have for the office, my keychain, uh, has two red dog caps on it from 1998. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. One of, it, it's because one of them said taint no runt of no litter, litter and I thought taint <laughs> was really funny. Yeah. And now I just have it. And then the other one, there's another one. I can't remember what it was. And then there's one for Tequiza because Tequiza looked like a marijuana leaf. Oh yeah, you know it tasted like Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah, that's so, we need Tequiza back. That was the one there that I was mi- I'm missing the most. <laughs> but yeah, I people, mean, real dog, uh, uh, real dogs don't die. You know, they yeah. carry on. For people that don't know, Tequiza was a beer that I think it was a had beverage. Oh, I thought it was a beer, but they claimed it had tequila vibes. You know, that's what it always uh, felt like. <laughs> The tequiza. Oh, it is. You're right. Beer with blue agave nectar and the natural flavor of lime. That's a hundred. Yeah, that's what they. That's I remember it because I I never have drank beer, but like I remember a buddy of mine used to fucking buy it because he was like, uh, "This got tequila in it." So right when I get drunk, I'm gonna be fucking drunk. And One tequila two tequila three tequila floor. <laughs> yeah yeah it is uh that's true and he would say that like he would say it doesn't taste as good but he would say it in a way that it's like hard liquor where people are like this is this is hard liquor mm, no. um they weren't even allowed to it, do that i know they were so scared of letting people have premium beer until it was like rich white people yeah, there was like that whole period where beer was just like all because when I was growing up, it was all like Bud Light, right? And, and, like you never, I never, I I gotta tell you, I probably didn't see a craft beer until God would have had to have been around twenty ten, maybe twenty eleven, when some friends of mine got real into Hop Slam, and they were oh, like yeah. trying to chase it down at every place. And, uh, you know, it, it was like, and the only reason we knew about it is because it was like $20 for a six pack and people were like fucking nuts over it. So that's, I was probably late to the party, but 1998 is, is, uh, uh, that's what we had. That was craft beer back then. Yeah. I specifically remember, um, that people being excited that they removed the limit of like 9%. There used to be like just a hard limit of like eight or 9%. And when I moved to Texas, they had no limits, of course. So there was like, there was like beers from Tokyo that had like 18% alcohol and shit like that. It was, um, it's interesting. I mean, for a country of alcoholics, it's not a good thing. Uh, but if you can drink them in moderation, I mean, I do prefer to have one beer that makes me feel like, I got flipped upside down instead of drinking like 24 Bud Lights. True. 
True. That is, that is absolutely true. Because growing up, I like a lot of my friends would just they they get off work and and they probably are still doing this really, but they would get off work and they buy like a a twenty a twelve pack of natural light and then end up like having to go back to the store before they went to bed and it's like that's not i mean you can't drink that much of anything <laughs> no that's not you're just like that's is it a competition just like it's in your hand it's the moment it's in your hand yeah that's a problem like most of my vivid memories of being a teenager and even in my early 20s are being in like a garage with like hundreds of cans of beer from that night and everybody's sitting in like a lawn chair with a 24 pack of beer next to him just kind of reaching into it every few minutes i mean i've done that drinking before. one yeah gross i've stuff. done it too <laughs> so red dawn 2012 is a remake of red dawn which um i'm gonna bring up the cast of the original red dawn because that's something we did la last week with point break we we kind of discussed how like Okay, so this is this is sort of the theory going into this is that like in the early 2000s, we had a situation where the Dark Knight series was huge. It just was the overarching biggest thing ever and people loved it. And that led to big blockbuster type movies becoming like super serious and kind of like gritty and and taking they're they're trying to remove all of the camp from the movies that they were making at the time but they also had a tough time finding good actors to play or like actor they had to find like actors that seemed a little bit more serious uh to to you know be in the movie rather than getting like you know some goofs some some tom cruise or not tom cruise uh patrick swayze types and stuff like that because that's the thing patrick swayze huge star in 1984 with it well maybe not as huge but he was there and they also had uh charlie sheen in 2004 and harry dean stanton so they had a bunch of like really famous people that that were kind of cool but so did this one. I mean, Hemsworth is your Swayze and PETA from the Hunger Games is your Charlie Sheen. And then you have uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan fucking shows up, which I was yeah. so excited to see. So he's your Harry Dean Stanton. Um, I don't know. I liked, I liked it. Um, I think <laughs> it is unfortunate that it happened at this time because like it just has that 2012 stank all over it. <laughs> I mean, I like Chris Hemsworth looks awful with that shaved head. Um, he just like loses all of his appeal and he's just wearing like these ruddy clothes. And like you, and like, that's what I hated too. Everything was ruddy and gross and Brown and so dark. Um, and the other one has a little bit more vibrancy. There's like horses and there's like the desert and shit like that. Yep. Um, but this is all just like running through the jungle, like cam shit. Um, but I, I gotta say, I love the movie. Uh, I still love the fucking movie. It's a good one. And, 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 uh, I was surprised to see all who was in it. It's kind of a little bit. I don't know. I was trying to like, as I watched this, I kind of was trying to figure out like, so the, the first one was deliberately right wing. Like the guy that made it was a right wing guy that wanted to make a right wing movie. Uh -huh. And like this movie, I would say is maybe more of just like an imperialist movie than it is 
like right wing. I don't get too much right wing when I watch this. Obviously, there's Marines and stuff like that. But these kids, I mean, they're doing what you're supposed to do when your your neighborhood is under attack when your when your city's under attack they're like actually kind of doing what what you're supposed to when yeah, that they're happens. rising to the call yeah i mean they're rising to the call to action um it's i love how brutal this movie is man um that was refreshing because i get so me and you talk about this a lot but action movies they don't have any fucking guts anymore they won't kill a kid or someone's mom they won't like this movie is so gut wrenching um I got, I mean, I got my feelings hurt, uh, at, towards the end. Like, um, I don't know. I liked how brutal it was. And also I've got to say, I wash away any America context and just imagine this is like me and our, our guys chat, our guys, our guys text chain that this is how we would act. Um, you know, to if like, America like the revolution, over. yeah, if well, like, Christo fastest shit goes down, this is this is the tactics we're going to use. Um, <laughs> this is, and also I like, you know, what I love too. In the original, I started wa- I watched some of the original to compare, but they cry so much in the fucking original one, man. Like you know, when guys get so mad, they just start fucking weeping, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and I just, I mean, there's, it's so like, it's just so huge in emotion. Uh, and it is like treated rightfully so like this sucks and you got to keep moving and life is hard and people are going to die and you just got to like keep a stiff upper lip, you know, it's like really fucking brutal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like a really good point. And when they kill that, they do kill some people that you're like, wow, I, I recently started watching uh, this, this TV show that I'm kind of doing in long chunks you know where like i watch one and then maybe i'm gonna wait a few weeks before i watch another one because it's not overly pleasant but it's just something to put on and it's called the terminal list and it's chris pratt plays i believe a navy seal he's actually he's on seal team seven which I, I don't know if that just means that they're one better than SEAL Team 6. <laughs> that it's like, I, that's the implication. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would think if you don't know nothing about the military. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to think? So uh, he's on Double SEAL Team 008 6. comes out. We know something happened to 007, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he's on T- SEAL Team 6, this guy. Uh, he, he is on a mission with his crew and fine and they're set up and uh everybody on his team gets killed and he gets a really bad concussion and then it turns out it was a tumor he has but he gets a really bad concussion he gets sent home and he's starting to figure out that he's being set up and people around him start dying. And the first one that dies is his best friend. And you're like, well, in every movie or TV show like this, the, the best friend has to get killed. It gives you a reason to do what you're going to do. But then surprisingly, and I couldn't believe this because they were such a big part of episode one, they killed his wife and daughter. And, and Ooh. for some reason, as soon as that happened, I'm like, well, that, okay now i'm interested <laughs> yeah that's like, a knife twist i mean all you i usually only get that from books i mean i love yeah. that part in a book where you read the sentence that says like the knife plunged into his heart and you're like wait whose heart no not no no really no no um this had this had the similar vibes for me um i i don't know it is it is you're right in that um 
I think I wish it was more fantastical and just came up with a fake military because just doing North Korea propaganda stuff is just horrible. No, I mean, it's like, it just, it's make, just, uh, just like uh, recruiting for the military. And the whole thing looks like a fucking video game. Like I said, with like his shaved off head and like the low res graphics of everything, it just feels like, it, it just feels like you're watching Metal Gear Solid and there's just some like block faced Japanese guy or Asian, you know, in, infiltrator that's like, yeah, it, it doesn't come, it doesn't have good vibes at all. There's no humanization of North Korea. Not that I would expect there to be. And, and I mean, you know, you want, you want to have a good guy, bad guy story. They could have just taken this anywhere, but, you know, doing straight up propaganda for the military. It also sucks because, like, Okay, like North Korea attacked and they got us. They don't say anything particularly racist about North Korea at all. They don't they don't like use slurs and stuff no. like that. So you're like, I'm going to give them I guess I'll give them a pass. The thing that actually made it more sort of racist to me is that it's it's not just North Korea. Uh, they spend the whole oh. movie saying like North Korea could never do this. The Russians yes, you're right. are helping them. And that's where it's like, come on, man, go all the way. <laughs> and what? What do you mean go all the way? Like go North Korea attacked us. That's who attacked us. Why do white oh. people have to help North Korea in 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 doing the attack? You know what yeah. I mean? You know what? I miss that flavor. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying there. That is kind of like uh no way Africans built the pyramids. You know, it, it was aliens. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think it's also kind of a little ham-fisted or maybe just dopey to be like all of our worst enemies are together. It kind of makes it seem more like they're taking down like Cobra Commander and shit, which is where they should have just went with this instead of Mm -hmm. like, because you're right. It does. Don't throw the other country in there. North Korea could totally surprise us and do some crazy shit, you know? Yeah, but they also in real life. So I'll tell you this. The the rumor before before this came out was that uh, the 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 attack was going to be China, but you know how that is like with, with American movies, global markets, mm -hmm. you want to go, you want to be able to release the movie in China. Now, I don't know if they released this movie in China or not, but they, they felt as though I remember reading articles that were kind of like, well, it would be offensive. Like if it was China, because in 2012 we weren't people weren't freaking out about china yet they they kind of were starting to they were starting to do the like they own a bunch of our currency sort of thing yeah. like i remember hearing people their, say that we're in their back pocket <laughs> yes 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 and this is 2012 and um but i guess in in real world wars though i mean big countries do team up together so that's not the big one that's not a biggest sticking point my racism sticking point was so to to add a little diversity to the cast they add you know a a black kid but his dad ends up being like a gutless traitor that works with the north koreans um (laughs) while the valiant like white daddy gets shot in the head telling his boys to fight for what's right you know oh believe me i wrote that speech down but i guess we should set up the world i guess we should set up the world this takes place in what i did was i went on youtube i i thought it was important i was going to try to write this down and explain it to people but i went on youtube and i found the opening news scene which is as wacky as you could ever 
here. They're setting the world up. And and so I this is the first scene where they're just showing like news clippings like they do for exposition to catch you up on stuff. And uh, they actually used like real people. They used uh, Obama shows up in here a couple times. And uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and show we'll go ahead and check this out. Europe's financial markets. The severity of this recession will cause more pain before it ends. The European Union cannot bail out Greece. You've seen the, the government of Spain coming out and saying we have the same problem. Portugal says the same thing. There's some talk that Italy could be in trouble. U.S. intelligence officials are growing more and more concerned that foreign operatives are surveilling computer systems that control America's infrastructure. It's now clear this cyber threat is one of the most serious national security challenges we face as a nation. And it might have the ability to go in and cripple financial networks, nuclear plants, chemical plants, all of which would have devastating effects. North Korea has now joined the Pacific Rim Cooperation Organization. The group's formation is a clear warning that further into... Okay, I want to I want to bring something up because people can't see what's happening here. The Pacific Rim Coalition also does not include China. I I, I mean maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it it was just a bunch of flags I don't recognize. Somebody would have to go watch this and know which which flags there are. But there is an axis here. This uh, is. Yeah, this looks exactly like the beginning of an Alex Jones video or Alex Jones like DVDs, <laughs> like police date nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always just throw this chatter in the air, and it makes people feel confused real quick. Like, oh, I I don't know what Ben Bernanke's doing. Oh, oh, uh, oh, I, I didn't know that that uh, China is changing the trade routes. You know, it's like, and then you're like, <laughs> I feel stupid now. Oh, I need to prepare to kill everybody and fight for my life. And like I that find, fucking crazy ass Oklahoma senator kill my own kids if I have to. I find also that there is like a possibility that like they could have figured out a way to do this without. I mean, okay. The news clips I, think, I feel are kind of a perfect way to build the world. And I think another thing that rings true to me here. And uh, I think you'll agree with this is that like, so they're, they're playing these news clips to tell us what the world is, how this happened, how this got started and nobody in the movie, nobody in the world of the movie gives a rat's ass about the news. They never talk about the news. So it comes as a surprise to them, which I, that to me rings as very real, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you'd be ready. If it was that eminent and, like, uh, the news was telling you this is eminent, then you would at least be like, because when they, when the North Koreans start to drop into the neighborhood, they're like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, I don't get what's going on here. That's <laughs> it's like true. the news I mean, is explaining it. But that's real life. Folk. Well, no, but that's real life, dude. If they on the news every night right now currently if every night on the news they were like we're going to get attacked by another there's another country they're preparing and planning to attack us the i'm telling you right now that the minute they attacked we'd be like oh what the fuck are they doing in columbus like this is crazy who are these people <laughs> yeah oh my god they just, that lady just got shot oh my god they're <laughs> driving a tank 
<laughs> I think also this could have been a I mean, that's where we're movie. headed now. I mean, that's where yeah. we're headed now. All these liberals are going to, you know, be very surprised uh, when they, the insurrection actually gets pulled off. But something like this could almost be like, you could almost make this in like a leftist way. But I, I know they didn't see this country going ultra, like as far right wing, but like you could make this in a way that's like, you know, there's martial law happening and uh, yeah, that everybody's being ruthless. Cause I, I did think I did. Part of me liked the initial invasion other than it looking like total fucking shit. And, and this, scene. yeah. And this was the same thing with the original red Dawn. I always liked the original invasion because they land and they just start fucking shooting people, which I think that's probably like what war is like. You know, yeah. that's what like we do to people when we when we drop into their country, uh, uh, we kill a bunch of them. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're saying these guys are wrong for it. But like I can draw a line from like these guys. Yes, it's wrong to just start shooting people. But that's what America does all the time, too. Yeah. And I think it just it, it really I think even just if if they just came up with a fake place. I just yes. don't like, I mean, the news sounds like this every day, all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but you are right. Like, I think that, I don't know how easy it would be for um, a country to sneak up on the United States. You know, air, I mean, air, I mean, airplanes in the buildings uh, paid for by George Bush was one thing, but like, uh, I don't know, like an army, like North Korea is not going to come over here quietly, you know? Well, I, I need to ask this too. Like, I, I was semi-confused because they really didn't explain this. But every time they show the North Koreans vehicles, they they have a uh, American flag on them, and then they slap the North Korea sticker on them. If, if you'll remember, is that oh, right. because is that because when they dropped in, they went and took all the American military vehicles? Is probably is like. Yeah, because I couldn't figure that out. Like, why do they all have that? There's there's a touch more of this here. This, this audio. Also, you're right. This is also one of those times where, like, um, right wing. This is the only time that they will will understand why the Taliban exists. You know, is through these <laughs> like pretty blue eyed characters. You know, <laughs> there's there's like like you said, this is what America is doing. This is our military. You know, this yeah. is what we actually do. North Korea doesn't do this. No, uh, they can't. Uh, yeah. And I, so uh, uh, it's, uh, it is, it's just like, it, it is hard to, it's hard to like it, you know, but I yeah. do, like I said, I just suspend disbelief on that. And I'm like, whatever, North Korea's the bad guys. We're the Wolverines. We're the good guys. Let's do it. Well, but it is, funny. I mean, it, and it's good to like, they take over and they, they also want to like set up, like, I don't, they have like a, they take over the mayor's office and shit too. Yeah. yeah like they take, <laughs> It's it is a good buildup. Um, they just they just dehumanize the, the the other people so bad, and not in like a good eighties way. You know, it's not like a Bolo Yang or like a, I don't. It just doesn't hit. The villainy feels very cheap and generic and video game ish. You know. Well, Cho, our 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 main villain in the movie is is named Cho. Uh, really, the only real evil sort of act he does 
is he shoots their dad, Mr. Eckert, by the way. They don't even give him a name in like uh-huh. the credits of the movie. It's just Mr. Eckert. It's and, Mr. Uh, <laughs> it's Mr. to Mr. you. Mr. Eckert. So we open the movie um, with a football game. Uh, the, the, the son, one of the worst actors I've ever seen named Josh Peck is playing Matt Eckert. He has to be the worst in this movie. Period. Like, I uh, uh, don't know what he ended up doing after, but Matt Eckert is one of the worst actors I've seen in a movie, period. He was in, oh, dip. He was in Drake and Josh. I know that show. Um, oh, you're going to be surprised. He hasn't done very many movies. He was a drill bit Taylor. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Matt Eckert. Matty in the, in the movie. The, the younger guy. Oh. I thought you were saying that's his his actor's name. That's his name in the movie. He um yeah, he is like a really good straight to video like Disney movie <laughs> kid from the 90s. It is like yeah, they took uh, they took a, a middle schooler from like a JC Penney catalog in 96 and threw him in the movie. He's so bad, but you're totally right, Brad. He, his his credits are mostly Drake and Josh, uh grandfathered like a bunch of disney stuff a lot of disney movies he wasn't captain america civil war and i think he was the star of the 2021 reboot uh yeah he was the uh star of the 2021 reboot of turner and hooch so oh my god so he's yeah he just is living on that old time feeling he's like a jtt he's like a z level jtt um but i I actually i gotta say that i was on his side and I like how dopey and like unremarkable he is because this that also grounds the movie more to me. And um, you know, I you don't realize that he is actually the main character and like he's going to like level up in like his toughness and meanness and fighting ability and leadership skills. So I think it follows a good path. It's just really boring. And I wish this was made like four years later and it got wokeified and it was just mm-hmm. like a black woman or something. Or if I wish it was just not like the same old tired shit over again because yeah he's pretty forgettable but um i i, I don't know i I, li- I liked him more than you did oh god i thought he stunk i just thought he was like a really charismaless guy you know so, uh, but that's what brother- speaks to white that's like what incels want though <laughs> like that's he's speaking to the heart of incels to say like nobody pays attention to you you don't have the hottest girls right everybody someone's more crazy someone's smarter someone's this or that than you you feel less than, but it turns out you're going to be the savior of them all. Yes. So we got Brett Cullen as Mr. Eckert is seriously. He's a gig character. He's a character actor. And uh, me and uh, Jesse talked about this before. Me and Jesse talked about this on the last episode. Jesse Hawkin, when we talked about uh, Point Break, is that like it kind of makes you feel good when one of these guys gets a nice little payday, I guess. You know, Who's because that? he's not uh, Mr. Eckert, the father. Uh, so oh, the yeah, movie- he rules. Yeah, I was happy <laughs> to see him. Yeah, yeah. You just feel good that he got a paycheck because and, and he's been in a lot of great stuff. Um, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, he was in Winning Time. He was in The Joker, The Replacements. So 
but I think you that's why well. it's good because it, the the Harry Dean Stanton moment is like a lot more brutal in the first one. I would say, yeah. um, because and they're like choking back tears, and their dad is like crying in front of them, and it feels really intense because it's probably a, they've never seen their dad fucking cry before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that guy brings the same amount of gravity. And then I also, like I said, when he gets shot in the head, I was like, "Fuck, dude!" But I that's did not- like. I would have loved to see some more crying out of him. I don't know. Like there was a, like the, I was, I watched the first half of the old one and it was like, these fuckers are crying all the time. Like I do like the gravity of this thing where like people die and there's like a fucking dude just openly weeping. But that's also, I mean, that's the coding. That's the only time you're ever allowed to fucking cry. If you're a real man. Well, everybody in this movie is largely they're scared, but they're also tough. Yes, like these are it's great. These are all very tough people. Like Maddie is supposed to be scared. He's the quarterback of the team. Uh, he is playing. It opens with him playing a football game. His dad is watching him. They're down by two, I think, or down by down by something where a touchdown would win. It might have been down by six, and uh, they have one last play. And he's like, "We're gonna do this," and then surprise, he doesn't do it, and then Mister Eckert just kind of leaves. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. Yeah, the guys. <laughs> yeah, I knew I have tough dad. Tough dads are tough, man. You know? <laughs> well, Mr. Eckert is also the sheriff. Don't ever fuck up. He's also he's the sheriff. So maybe he had something he had to go do. I maybe he had somebody he had to go harass out in Spokane, you know. Um Chris Maddie's girlfriend uh Erica picks him up from the game and uh she's kind of tough. They're trying to. T- they're telling you like his girlfriend's really tough, and also uh-huh. he's he's very unaffected really about losing, in my opinion. Like he doesn't seem like he cares that much, which is an odd choice because like if you're trying to give stakes, then you would want people to be like, "Damn, he's bummed out that he lost." But I guess they realize we know what's coming. So yeah, I mean they wanted they want to. St- I, I guess it's going to show that like he didn't really care. He doesn't care about the wins or the small wins and losses, you know, <laughs> and they add yeah. up because they got to make you ready for the big ones. Like when you have to defend your whole town as a group of ragtag teenagers doing so, guerrilla warfare. Chris Hemsworth showed up and, and he is Jed Eckert and he's a Marine. Uh, one of my favorite things about this movie is Marine jargon. Everybody. Oh, yeah that was in the Marines is like, this is all foobard, you know, uh, like a bunch of Marine shit. They always say a bunch of Marine shit. Like, especially when Jeffrey D Morgan comes in, they specifically only talk in like Marine stuff. That's cool. That I love that part of the movie. I was so excited that they, they came in like this little new crew of, yeah, basically GI Joe's. They were just action figures, you know, (laughs) just basically all they said stuff was like, the only as long as there's a marine with a gun in his hand you know this country's never gonna die and it's just like all right great perfect we all have marines Marines don't die they just go to hell and re regroup and then the guy gets (laughs) shot in the head (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's all i'm telling you there is almost there is really no uh there's nothing in the movie there's nothing in the jeffrey dean stanton 
part of the movie and the guys that he's with, there's not a single thing in there that isn't them saying like, uh, oh, it's all foobard and 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 it's this, whatever Marine shit that they say, just doing the yeah. Marine things. Oh, oh, and, oh, 4,100 hours. Meet back here. And, <laughs> and the funniest thing about it to me is like, um, I think the actors that do that and get to put on the, the vest and carry the gun and, and they learn how to carry the gun and stuff, man, that's got to be the best thing about like when you're in one of these movies where you these guys just become marines fake army <laughs> for a day man. yeah and you you know that they like feel like or like they know what army men do you know like yeah. they, they, they're like no I, I trained with them for four days four days straight and uh and it's tough <laughs> yeah and there's lots of like low like dim ball proud boys and uh young people that are like well you can't be a marine in a movie unless you really served like they just assume like john Cena's yeah. a marine they just assume that you know bill goldberg everybody that's ever played a marine had to go through like marine training like uh uh-uh, they won't let you on screen unless you uh carried a rucksack up the side of a mountain <laughs> Or that what they do? They throw you in the pool, and they have seven SEAL team members just punch you every time you come up. And there's a what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? God, there is an actor Brett that I watched like some interview with him or movie. I can't remember what it was, but he talked about how he was like, "Yeah, man, I went to do the Marine training, the movie Marine training, uh-huh. and uh, I was, and I think it maybe was the Lone Survivor guy, if I'm not mistaken. He said he went and did it, and he liked it so much he stayed two extra days. And I just imagined what in his mind that means, like where he's <laughs> like, "I stayed two extra days. I, I fucking might as well have enlisted." <laughs> I have the heart for it. I definitely have the heart and the willpower. I put, I was, you know, I didn't sign the papers when I could have, when I should have, but like when you put me in the uniform, I know what to do. <laughs> All of the Marines told me how tough I am. <laughs> 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 they said most actors aren't very tough, but they told me yeah. I'm really tough. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're getting paid a $5,000 a day to train Hollywood actors <laughs> to be yeah. there to co-sign them as Marines now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth is in a bar. His name is Jed Eckerd. He's Maddie's older brother, and Tony shows up, which is Adrian Palacki from uh, Star Wars or from GI Joe and Friday Night Lights. Huge fan of hers. I love her. I think she's great. She's uh, the hottest girl in town. Is is what we're looking at here? But wasn't always right because Jed Eckerd like ignored her when they were young uh uh-huh. she used to camp with they used to camp with each other's families and jed's mom would babysit her and she want you know she loved she was into him he was into her but it was kind of an unspoken love um and uh jed's home for a week and tony is really super into him and then all of a sudden the power goes out um the oddest thing about when the power goes out to me, Brett, is how freaked out everybody was. There was like oh, a I'm... second where people were like, what the fuck? The power's out? Like it never happened before? <laughs> that is small time people, though. Really? <laughs> I mean, that's the whole reason to get out of the house and get your shoes on and just take a cup of coffee and hold it in both your hands and see if anybody else walks down to the end of their driveway. <laughs> I just, they showed. It's like an ambulance being on the street. They showed some of the high school kids and they seemed very excited about the blackout, of course. Yeah, that, but when 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 they showed Maddie, it was like he had 
had like never seen the power go out like where he was like this is immediately ominous is what i'm trying to say where it's like gotcha. if, the, if if the power went out today you wouldn't be like fuck the russians are coming we're we're shit out of luck here maybe they were watching the news that's true the power goes out and you're like who's invading oh fuck <laughs> i didn't think they were gonna do it <laughs> um so the they all go about their own thing and 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 jed you know lets maddie know he's really proud of him even though he lost which is that's pretty good and then all of a sudden everything is shaking there's like all of this shaking and uh mr eckert is like i have to go work blackout duty so he heads out and uh you see the Eckert boys wake up to see what is going on and they see people skydiving and planes getting shot out of the air. Jed and Maddie go looking for their dad. So this is the event, right? This is the uh, uh, invasion. It's basically CGI army men on parachutes just landing and also shooting as they come down, which is pretty fresh. That part, I've never seen anybody kind of do it that way, where it's like they're in the parachute with their gun just fucking shooting wantonly, which is also part of the strategy of an invasion like this is to get a certain amount of people in town kind of on your side, which they do end up doing. Uh, but like, in the it would be harder to do that if in the beginning you're indiscriminately just shooting people. <laughs> yeah, the tactics aren't. The, yeah, I mean, I think that <laughs> we would want to flesh out the full right wing terror of this and just have them be like, "No, we're North Korea. We're here to help. We're going to mm -hmm. provide education to everybody. We're going to make everybody have health care. We're going to make you all. We're going to give you the dentist for free." And these Wolverines are like, "Fuck these assholes! Yeah. You can shove it." <laughs> And that's kind of what actually, honestly, that is a little bit of what North Korea is doing. There are propaganda posters, some of the worst made propaganda posters I've ever seen. And I think they're even CGI propaganda posters, too. I don't think Everything, they're really there. There's drone shots that I was like, I was like, is that CGI Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> like, what was drone technology like? Um, I'm pretty sure I just saw him glitch or like screen jump. <laughs> <laughs> running through these woods like it from, a, from like a high shot it's so weird it frustrates me because point break didn't have much cgi in it it, it was like kind of good to watch it looked nice and and you know uh it the, once you see something without a lot of cgi when you see something with too much it really you're just watching it and you're like this is all fucking fake it's all like taking place in a fucking room um, yeah, this the whole thing felt like, um, oh, we can just do that on the computer. Oh, we yep. can just do that on the computer. And it's just like, most of this is on a computer, though. Like that, and nobody wants to watch the computer make a, a fucking movie. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that was, that was, I think, and, and things are, things are talking about. I mean, the, you know, this is something that's been a, 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 thing a, a topic of conversation all summer since, since that Top Gun movie came out, where it's like, you know, uh, maybe we should use less CGI, <laughs> you know, so we can have like, like it, all the, the, the movie made more than anything in like several years. And you're like, I don't think people, then I went and saw Thor and I watched this movie that heavily relies on CGI and it just felt like 
it sucked. Like it, it was just like, fuck man. And I will tell you that this is the second time I saw this movie. Um, the first time I was at the theater and this is going to crack you up, Brett. I think <laughs> I was having a panic attack because I had hit my dugout a few times and I went in there and a cop stood behind me through the whole movie. Like he was standing, I was sitting in a seat near the end of an aisle by the door <laughs> and near the front row where the little hallway comes down. And he uh -huh. was standing at the end of the little hallway, probably like five feet away from me through the whole fucking movie. So it was like really hard for me to pay attention to the movie. And I was just scared. He was going to pick me up and arrest me because I didn't think about it and say like, well, red Dawn is like a perfect movie for cops to want to watch. He was, he was just enjoying the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was just doing a little hero fantasy. He was too busy with his own shit. He was Mr. Eckert in his mind. He was like, I'd fucking take a bullet for my sons too. Um, not unlike yeah, the I mean, mayor. <laughs> yeah who wants to bother some guy for stinking like weed though like they want to do a minimal amount of security at the movie theater i know but it just i, I my brain wasn't like functioning I get correctly and you're again like, all you smell is weed and you're like he's right fucking there yeah yeah and i think in my mind afterwards i was like why did i freak out about that and you, he just wanted to watch red dawn it's it's like a perfect like he probably still has this movie in his collection at home and then does a red dawn double feature every once in a while where he watches both of them <laughs> yeah so you saw um, this in the theaters i did see this in the theater but again wow. i didn't consume I, I didn't like really watch it. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know a single thing about what was going on. And I was just, it was when I was seeing every movie that came out in the theater. It was 2012. I had already quit the cable company and we had already started street fight. And it's when I was just going to see every movie that came out. Uh, and it's liking it. I, I'd be like, I love that movie. That was great. Right. Um, but this one I didn't even get to pay attention to. Like I thought I was going to jail, probably, or I thought I was being like watched. Uh, maybe it could have been something other than the weed. It could have been something else. You just you hate to have a cop standing right behind you through the whole oh, thing. Sure. Oh yeah, scary as fuck. Um, so the their phones don't work and their radios don't work because they the North Koreans have a weapon that can shut down all electronics, even like I said, the radio. Uh, and they find their dad, Mr. Eckert, and he says, follow me. Now, what happens is a bunch of the kids jump in the back of this pickup, and they head out, right? And uh, we got a little bit of a car chase, not much, um, but there was kind of a neat death, I will say, during this car chase when they ram the pickup truck into that Humvee, and one of the kids just flies out and smashes the face of the guys in the uh, Humvee. I really loved that. Yeah, I was also surprised too. That was pretty brutal. I never, I haven't seen, I don't seen, I don't, can't think of a scene I've seen like that before. No, no, uh, they get. So they're going to a cabin. Which is their the Mr. the Eckert cabin. They're headed out to a cabin. Um, but they didn't end up getting Maddie's girlfriend. Uh, Erica is in custody of the North Koreans. Now, everybody else got out uh, kid wise. 
and uh, they just kind of hang out in the cabin. They do run into a guy named, I think his name was Robert, who's driving like Robert Kittner, who's driving a, a some kind of car. I don't even know what the, the uh, uh, like a Cadillac or something. And they're like, follow us because they're trying to be nice. But fucking Matt Eckert is a son of a, or no, uh, Robert Kittner is a total son of a bitch heel and he turns on them for some because, okay, because. As they were pulling, somebody was pulling up to the place, and Chris Hemsworth was look was on watch, looking out for him. And then this Robert guy just shoots at him for some reason. Like he thinks a bad guy's coming, so he just starts shooting his gun. And then uh, he is the problem here because uh, they got all these guns, they got all these supplies and stuff like that. And oh when they get to the cabin brett what about the scene where they turn on they finally get something they get the news and they have it on tv and they're like sort of somebody is watching it and then they watch it they turn it on it's on for like three seconds there is a guy on the news explaining what's going on and then chris hemsworth comes in and just turns the tv off we don't need to watch this yeah <laughs> not understand that <laughs> That's like, don't believe the mainstream media lies, right? <laughs> this is happening in our backyard. We don't need to be report on, I don't need the weather reported on what's happening in my own backyard, you know? <laughs> well, you, you should watch the news. If this happens, I, I mean, I'm not saying the lamestream media is good. I'm saying that you're going to get <laughs> you some information from them. Yeah, you don't even have to believe it. I mean, you can tell if somebody's doing it against their will. You know, you can tell if somebody's reporting under duress, and that might give you some more hints about what's happening, too. <laughs> so Robert Kittner leaves with their food. He takes their food and their gun or a couple guns or something like that. He heads out. Uh, then what happens is he leads Cho, who is the main heel in the movie. He leads Cho to the cabin with Mr. Eckert and the mayor who the mayor does a little speech. He's, he's coward. It's a cowardly mayor. He does not stick up for his people at all. Like they really, this mayor takes a lot of heat in this movie. He is like, he, Robert Kittner is like supposed to be the guy you hate for this scene. But like the mayor is, they're like, he's a collaborator. They keep calling him a collaborator. Mm -hmm. And he tries to get them to come out. You know, he's like, come on, you know, come out. They're going to treat you right. They're going to treat you okay. And uh, that's got, what we're just like. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. We've got free food. <laughs> yes. And a prison cell for you. Yeah. Well, not a prison cell, a uh, shipping container for you okay. on a football field, which, yes. by the way, isn't there probably a jail there that they could use? Why did they? <laughs> they use well, the I football mean, field. In right-wing ideology, though, they're going to be like, well, we got to keep the prisoners there. Like, we're not going to let prisoners out. So we just have to yeah. make room for more prisoners. So after the mayor gives his cowardly speech, they let Mr. Eckert give his speech. Uh, it's not really a speech. They're just, they hand him the uh, megaphone, and uh, he's supposed to say... I don't know what he was supposed to say. They don't really explain it. He's supposed to get him to come out. And he goes like this. He goes, uh, um, hold on. Mr. Eckert. Oh no, I didn't write down the speech. Uh, I, I wrote down Chris Hemsworth's speech. So he just gives he a says, speech. Uh, and he, uh, he yells out, um, boys, 
don't don't listen to any of what these men tell you to do fight like hell or some shit like that yeah. right yeah and then cho just fucking shoots him in the head in front of his kids he just i i don't know words i guess are very powerful and he deserved to die he says i want you to go to war stop this piece of shit or die trying yeah, what he says right before he gets shot, and then they burn the cabin down with a blowtorch. Fun, I mean, good eighties <laughs> throwback. We love blowtorches; they're totally not a good idea, but they are fun in movies. Yes, yeah. The mayor's kid, uh, Connor Cruz, Tom Cruise's son, actually, uh, and another kid are like, "We're going home," but Tony tells them like that she saw his parents get killed, like. So, and it might not have been a mayor's kid. It might have been, so, she saw his parents get killed and she's like, you're going to have to fucking stick around with us because you don't have no parents to go to. Like, you can't go home. There isn't home anymore. And uh, they go, Tony goes, we can't go home. We can't keep running. Here's, here's the part where we get galvanized here. Tony goes, we can't go home. We can't keep running. What are we supposed to do? And Jet goes like this. Jet, Jed is just like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. Now, this is easier for me because I'm used to it. <laughs> I like that part. Um, the rest of you, for the rest of you. It's good for the fantasy, for the like, you know, ooh, the military is so cool. <laughs> you're right. It is kind of the the military, their their fantasy where they're like, yeah, man. They're so Please tell us what to do. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. He's so much. It's so much easier for him to do this because he does it all the time he goes uh the rest of you are gonna have a tougher choice look i don't want to sell it to you it's too ugly for that it's ugly and it's hard but when you're fighting in your own backyard you're fighting for your family it all hurts a little bit less and makes a little more sense for them this is all just some place but for us this is our home and then we go into a montage where they're training and we don't know how long they trained for. That was something I was trying to like, I, I, I was trying to figure out the timeline of the movie. I, I don't need, I think there is jumps in there and there's also, cause there's also like uh, skirmishes happening elsewhere. You know, you find that out later. So yeah, I feel like they would have to be, if this is the initial invasion, it would take like months to counter mm-hmm. to, to create like, yeah, re- rebellions, all that stuff. It, it didn't do a good job of telling like how much work they're putting into this. Yeah. I mean, cause they technically turn these kids into Marines. Yeah. So however long boot, they, I would think they would need boot camp amount of time. Okay. You know, uh, six weeks. six weeks or whatever. Isn't it six months? Is it six I don't weeks? Know. I'm going to look. Like, I we got to like find that you, out. We're so stupid. <laughs> the government will give you six weeks of training and let you hold a gun and die for them, for sure. How long is Marine boot camp? We got it. Here we go. We're going to find out. 13 weeks, Brett. 13. That's fucking forever. That's, that's a long fucking time. Not really. Uh, 13 weeks? The first week is just receiving, and then training I, takes place for 12 weeks after that. See, I've, we've got two years until the next Republican wins, so that seems like a much better amount of time. <sighs> I need that. I'm going to need that amount of time. 13 weeks is like, to get in killing shape is like, fuck. I mean, 13 I weeks, though, you have to think about this 13 weeks as also being years. a little... 
Well, it is. I think it's six months, but like we're talking about 13 weeks a quarter. And we turn these guys into Marine. Like they didn't just turn these guy these people into like like serviceable fighters. They turn them into pretty sophisticated killing machines. Why would you watch anything else week? though? I don't want to see the schlubs that like barely made it. I want to see the people that like achieved. I want to see people that maxed out their character, you know. <laughs> so one of the uh they steal a hum so okay. So there's propaganda posters and and Tony uh, so here we go. They they're like we need to get some fucking weapons. This scene was kick ass. This kicked ass. I'm going to give them credit here. Uh because so Jed, Jed also after the montage, Jed says we inherited our freedom. Now it's time for us to fight back. And uh, <laughs> they went, they got Uzis somehow, which is a wild weapon to just have. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know I, how they got the guns, but he was like, these Uzis aren't accurate. It's like where the fuck did I had never seen an Uzi in my life in person? I don't know. Maybe an old studio for like a, a rap video from the nineties or something. <laughs> it's like they got them from the original. Cause I know one of the most enduring scenes at the beginning of the original red dawn is where they pop out of the ground and they oozy a bunch of teachers. Oh, then that may be. Yeah. Might just be a Maybe nod. They, like, Oh, they're still Uzis. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they steal, a, they, they end up, they go into town. Tony, gets them to chase her. She, she takes off running. Uh, they run around a corner and they shoot the hell out of them with uh, Uzis and they steal their weapons, their ammo and their vehicle and they drive it back. Totally successful strike. Um, didn't help me with any of the logistics and facts of the world because it feels like they would be really outnumbered here, but they were not outnumbered. There were probably as many Wolverines as there were soldiers in town. Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the, the guerrilla fighting tactics, right? That's how this country was won, right? Mm-hmm. Old, uh, uh, what's his name? Mel Gibson. I really dug this too, Brett. One of the kids barfs when they're taking the weapons off the soldier's body and they show him saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then uh, we, we move to a scene where he's hunting and uh, he's pointing a gun and he's supposed to kill a deer for food. And then he's nervous. He's like, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't fucking kill this deer. And then they're like, you can do it. You can kill. Just do it and then they get him like really comfortable killing and he feels good which i guess you got to be you know i mean i like that part to be honest i would say i did think it was refreshing that like like i said in the first one there's a lot of tears and crying the barfing in this i think is a totally normal response even if you're fighting for your home let's say these are the worst worst of the worst and you're fighting for your life and to defend your family and freedom uh still First time you watch some, you point a fucking trigger at somebody and pull it and watch someone fall to the ground, you're going to fucking barf. Exactly. And a uh, little moment of levity here. Uh, Maddie and Jed tricked the kid into drinking deer blood. So uh, that was a which little is, scene. Yeah, which was stupid because in the original one, that wasn't a trick. It was like a rite of passage, which I think they should have stuck with like the right wing kind of playbook of male rites of passages. Yes, yes. No, murder, it's they, murder they, ceremonies. 
I didn't realize they did that. And it was a serious thing in the original movie. I haven't seen an original movie in a very long time. Uh, they just make it was just drink the blood, and they just like nod, like, yeah, we've all done this, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Maddie's laying down. He's staring at his picture of his girlfriend. And uh, Jed gives another speech where he tells them to create chaos. Uh, in the first like two, 45 minutes of the movie, Jed gives several speeches. He's, he's kind of, that's a lot of the movie is Jed's speeches. <laughs> he's the morale. Yeah, he's like the hero of it all. So in a cool fucking scene, uh, a cool little bit of product placement, they put a car bomb in a Tuffy muffler and brakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they would pay Tuffy for this, but <laughs> this was, I guess Tuffy needed it. Yeah. There's a really bad subway inclusion in this too that yes. I hate because I'm just like subway bought their way into movies every movie from 2008 to 2015 has a subway scene in it like if it's a big yeah. movie like this they thought they were sly they were like oh iron man drinks dr pepper and it's like no dr pepper paid iron man to drink it you dumbasses <laughs> this was very early on in those days i guess yeah that's what comes up next uh they see the guy that that turned him in the uh traitor and he's he, i like that he has a, a north korea like thing on his arm you know where he's yeah. got like the big collaborator thing on his arm and uh maddie flips him off before he kills him which was sick that part's cool i cool. love it yeah i fucking love it when somebody's about to kill somebody in a movie and they get to do something cool because the only other option for that is showing the person suffer so that you feel like they got their comeuppance. And I sort of prefer like the positive side of that where the person that's doing the killing gets to, uh, you know, get his word in or whatever, <laughs> let the guy know he's dying. So, well, yeah, I, I mean, it. also, I think that's more, it's, that's actually more quick and, uh, just like, painless to just the motherfucker sees you and then they're blown up you know yep and then in that one second between they seeing you and blowing up you're you're telling them fuck you as they Letting like scroll down the drain <laughs> letting them know uh uh then they rob a subway which the subway was running by the way the, the subway wasn't like closed I, yeah that was i couldn't figure that out either i i i kind of i thought they everybody was in a prison camp but the subway's still running, and so is the uh, mom and pop clothing store. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they like Subway overnight. Just was like, oh, we make a bulgogi sandwiches now. <laughs> they were just like immediately were like North Korean. They just changed the whole fucking menu. <laughs> me and you. That's what me and you always said. Yeah, they yeah. Turned like, oh, Yeah, I turned on. I didn't like America anyway. <laughs> subway franchises are like god damn it i have so much i already sunk so much fucking money into this thing we got to <laughs> keep it running i i don't give a shit make whatever the north korean soldiers want they need to eat too and i need i need to pay off this loan for my subway franchise <laughs> it doesn't now we get to a really odd conversation i'm curious about what you thought because i'm kind of it very much confused me uh they start talking about what they miss and uh you know people say the normal stuff and then one of the guy just says girls and then that becomes the conversation, right? For a few minutes where he's like, I mean, girls without guns because there are girls with them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that. It, it was almost like he was saying like, you guys having the guns uh, makes you less attractive to me in a way oh, is, is definitely what I thought they were saying. I couldn't figure it out. 
This isn't Ben Shapiro ass looking backwards to the fifties of saying, remember when women were just pretty little things that made food for us and we weren't fighting side by side with them and smelling their stink, you know, and, and watching their fucking cut all the hair off because it's too hot in the summer when you're fighting guerrilla warfare, you know, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's totally just, it's like a women are objects thing. It's, it's really ham fisted. I also was like, what does this do? What are they doing this for? <laughs> I know they could have been talking about I miss Breaking Bad. How are like <laughs> women warriors not hot? Like I what? Know. How are you like? How are you not sitting there like wasting fucking the bad guy and look to your shoulder and be like, God damn, look at the way she holds that fucking rifle. <laughs> I mean, like you're just like was- I just wish. Uh, God, I just want you back in the kitchen. Yeah, it was really fucking strange because it was re it it was long. There was a long time this conversation went on, and I couldn't figure out why. See, but there's also strains of reality to that because I do think that in a situation where you're just thrown together with random survivors, like you're going to have a super dumbass that's just going to bring up super dumbass stuff. And you're going to spend the whole night trying to deprogram a guy in like a fucking, you know, (laughs) post-apocalyptic world. (laughs) True. True. Uh, Jed and uh, Maddie goes into town to do recon on the prison camp because he's trying to get his daughter. He doesn't tell any, his girlfriend, he doesn't tell anybody. He just goes, Uh, he comes back and him and Jed get into a, big fight uh about him just leaving without telling anybody and then they find out there's a rally um i have a i'm gonna try to play a little bit of audio from this rally because i found it to be weird too um it, it so they go to this rally that they're saying is uh is their perfect time to attack i guess which is true if they're doing a rally it's a good time to attack all right, here we go. I mean, it's a good way to sow disruption, sure. Yeah, but I mean, this is America. We we don't we wouldn't be like You think that that would work? All right, here we go. I we're going to we're going to hear a, people, uh, people freak out when the the leader goes down. True. True. But I guess not. I mean, not he, I mean, I don't know, but people also I, I this is more uh skirmishes, like small-time skirmish versus like political Pulling leaders. More. Yeah. Yes, but they yeah, also yeah. There's another chode that's gonna that's ready to come right behind them if we're talking <laughs> military shit. Thank you. I didn't know why. I know why Cho had to get killed. I don't know why he was like the top heel. And then the real fucking thing that pissed me off is like he was the top heel until like the last ten minutes of the movie, where somebody else is like the top heel, where where the other person is like, I'm more mean than you. You know, you're you're incompetent. And now we have a new guy. Where I was like willing to hate Cho through the whole movie <laughs> it's going to be okay with that he was evil here's the rally we are not your enemies because you too are victims victims of an american culture in which greed irresponsibility and fraud were openly encouraged victims of a corrupt government in bed with the tyrants of wall street it is our sincerest belief that with the right leadership and with your support this country will rise again, better, morally superior to what was here before. But we need your help. We have teams of engineers ready to restore power and utilities. 
But we cannot provide these things until the situation is stabilized. We must all arouse political consciousness. Son of a bitch. What? The guy sitting behind the show is Russian. All right. So that's where we find out the Russians are involved. Right and, uh, behind show, he's a Russian. <laughs> also, I want to say, uh, uh, Mayor is is at this rally too. Our our mayor is is at the rally. Um, he ends up getting he he. They show him as the attack is happening, and he he's like, "What are they doing? Oh my god!" I, I can't believe they're doing this. They just really that mayor got done dirty in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I forgot how they, this was a pretty good scene, though. I mean, this at least adds a little bit more flavor to it, you know, about what their aims are. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it. I guess thematically, they they kind of make it all over the place. But um, I mean, I, I agree with that guy was saying. Well, I'll tell you this, Brett. The 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 uh, the Point Break thing we watched uh, for that the the gang from Point Break was like stealing. Uh, like large amounts of money and like dropping them on the poorest parts of like Mumbai and Mexico and stuff. And, uh, because you know, they're trying to redistribute the wealth and they're the bad guys and everybody, yeah, everybody in the movie is like, we have got to stop them. I cannot believe they're doing this stuff. They don't even kill people when they do it. They're just mad (laughs) because I guess they're stealing diamonds and giving them to poor people. What a so horrible I think that fucking, was a fucking premise. I know. <laughs> I think that's a theme at this time. You know, uh, this also you have to think about how this did come out like right after the the crash, right of two thousand nine. Yes, and uh, before another one, and and like uh, the guy that's talking is right, and uh, maybe the meaning behind showing that and having him be right is that they say like you you can't just believe what people say you know uh people buy into all kinds of propaganda like so if you start believe so if you start believing in it you're turned into a guy that that like believes propaganda i guess is what they're saying uh maddie finds erica on a bus but she's chained to the floor so maddie gets the keys off the dead bus driver and takes the bus and now we got a little chasey here which is good i like seeing him capture get his girlfriend back that was yeah a good little scene there and it was like really tense that was the only time in this movie i had a real feeling was when she was trying to unlock herself i was like come on hurry up (laughs) oh yeah there was a few of them i loved their surprise warfare out of nowhere that was really fun it seemed kind of like a jump scare but then it was like i mean it would you'd be in the middle of a conversation and then something crazy happens you know yeah uh was she gets unchained, but they leave everybody else on the bus that gets blown up, which I thought was kind of rude. But, uh, you know, you can only save so many people. Uh, they, Erica and, and Maddie get away. They take off running. They run into a clothing store where there's a woman in there that help is there to help them. And she gets some new clothes and they get to go back to the camp. And uh, Jed yells at Maddie for going off on his own to get his girl to get his girlfriend because somebody got killed because because maddie ran away maddie got somebody killed right so uh they do go to shoot the uh woman that owns the store but an attack happens and she ends up getting away and uh 
now Cho is in trouble. They they stop. So this is when they yell Wolverine. So people know they're the Wolverines now. Mm-hmm. And then we see Cho get in trouble. He uh, uh, is getting yelled at by his boss, and his boss wants to take over. But Cho says, I know where they are now. I know where they're fucking staying. So don't you worry about a damn thing. Uh, Matt and Jed, Matt and Jed argue again for a while. And Matt is mad at Jed for joining the military when his mom died. Jed apologizes for it. And (laughs) Jed apologizes for it. My note was maybe (laughs) stupid. Uh, The radio station tells them they're inspired and they start to feel good. So there is a pirate radio station. There is a street fight in a world Uh, of Red Dot. Which Uh, is good to see. I mean, (laughs) I imagine myself there too. You, oh, I, I, well, I'm going to tell you right now, if there's a Red Dawn situation, I'm not going to be in a radio studio where they know where I am every single week. It would have to be some kind of a mobile pump up the volume situation. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tony and Jed have a moment. They're sitting on the thing. They're talking about, oh, you know, I was always into you. And, and you know, they're, they're kind of into each other. And then, boom, we got bombs. They, they call it an airstrike on where the wolverines are and uh um so they don't ever get to kiss and that that's kind of sucks and uh they go to run into the mine they're staying in which is uh uh just some old abandoned mine and it gets blown up and one of the kids get killed so the wolverines do escape they do get away they get out into the woods they start a fire they're relaxing and then Tony hears somebody. She's like, what the fuck? You know, I hear some noise. And I, I think it's the North Koreans. No, it ends up being Navy SEALs. And that is when Jeffrey Dean Morgan comes in. He's there. And uh, two other guys. So they explain. This is what the world is now. Okay. They, they are part of the Free American Army. And they're looking for the Wolverines because the whole middle of the country is fine. That's free America, they call it. The Russians have the East Coast. The North Koreans have the West Coast. And then in the middle, in Alabama, there's a bunch of places where there's resistance and fighting back. Basically, what they say is, like, all the red states are free. Like, you can do whatever. They're all Americans. It's true. (laughs) I mean. They didn't didn't stray into any hippy-dippy ways. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't just join the military, you know. So what they, the Marines said, this is my note here, Brett. The Marines say a bunch of Marine stuff about how there are large swaths of the country that aren't taken over. And then they explain the weapon, the the EMP, I think is what the electromagnet, mm-hmm. the thing that shuts off all the power and stuff like that. And the Wet only- dream of everybody that's ever played like Command and Conquer um, or like any video game, EMP is up there. Uh, Final Fantasy 7, yeah. So here's the weird part. They figure out that what they need is the suitcase that the North Koreans are using to talk to each other. And I couldn't, like, figure out why that's what they need. Like, I don't, I, I don't get why that's the thing they need. Plan ahead, I guess, to know what their orders are and, like, where things are moving, I guess. Just a an ear i don't know how so long does that CB? last is it it's so we're yeah. talking about a cb situation because they're picking I, up a phone and dialing and shit 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not. Sh- I'm not certain um, what that situation would be. What you would do if you'd call him up and say, "Hey, uh, we're, we're we're I'm Cho, and uh, what are we doing next, big evil boss man?" Yeah, I couldn't figure out why they would fucking need it. Um. So now they're love gonna the, go. I do love the marine guys come in though. It also it's awesome for the because they're like looking for like they're like we're the biggest baddest fighters ever and we're looking for wolverines because we need their help. When it's yeah. like, oh god, thanks. <laughs> like, our little ragtag crew did it. <laughs> they say oorah a lot. They say yeah. all of the marine stuff that that like oh, basically yeah. if you're not in the marines you still already know at one point he just looks at adrian palacki and goes uh simplify and then they move on to the next <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, speak, it's tight they speak basically in t-shirt slo- grunt style t-shirt slogans is, <laughs> is really how they talk the whole time <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um the guy keeps calling them motards, so I wanted to talk about that, and that means they're motivated to the point of obnoxiousness. That's a marine word that they do. I oh. looked it up on on the marine slang thing. So it's kind of like these marines are guys that are like way too into being a marine, and um, uh, they do the marines don't die and then uh there is a translation <laughs> so they break into this building which is the police building and uh you know they're trying to get this box because the police buildings were chose at and uh for some reason like as they come in they have translations at the bottom of the screen of what the north koreans are saying <laughs> it says the vicious rats are what does it say the vicious rats are attacking <laughs> i love it <laughs> that's old school that's they 80s. would call us oh god they would call us vicious rats if we did this um so maddie and jed find cho and the box they're chasing everybody's fighting uh but luckily cho is actually using mr eckert's office in the sheriff's department like that is you couldn't be more lucky jed goes in there He's on the floor hiding behind the desk. He's fucking finished, you know? And then he looks and he sees his dad's gun safe. He types in the number that he knows. And which if my dad had a gun safe, I wouldn't know the number at all. There he would never tell me that. Um, you don't have a Republican dad. The girls aren't the girls aren't allowed to know the the, the safe code. Only the boys. <laughs> so they get the gun out. He gets to kill Cho. Uh, and you get to watch Cho die. I'm really bad at American history, but I one time got dragged to uh, Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> and I do remember there was like some huge like palace, like garden type place um, with like a, a big fancy building. And apparently it belonged to some French person or something. And then like Americans came when like we gained the ground the american like patriots came and took it over and basically kind of did a similar thing here where they put their name over the fucking labels and said this is our this is our leader's palace now yeah because that's what he says he 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 looks at cho as cho's dying he goes you just messed with the wrong family and then he goes and takes cho's name off the door and you see mr eckert's name on the door uh that was very powerful scene to me uh so then what happens is 
where we're feeling like everything's good. We're all good. Everything's great. Tony and Jed are about to smooch it up at the end of the mm-hmm. battle. And then boom, Jed gets shot in the head. He's just dead. That's he's it. walking. Yeah. He's walking towards her and then just gets blasted. And I gasped and I, I it made it so worth it. That's when I was like, I'm, I like the movie. I'm just going to ignore the politics. Um, I love the story. Fucking rocks. <laughs> I mean, they really killed him. I mean, if there's one thing I compliment this movie on is how they kill him because it is really like a thing where like he's just walking and one second he's walking, the next second he's dead. You don't even see the guy that shoots him. It just comes through a window and kills him right in the head. No last words. No triumphant death. No, no like last words that make them fight on. They just have to start running and every, and they like realize in the middle, they're like, but Jed, and they're just like, no, there's no more Jed. Um, so I, I like that too. Definitely brutal punishing, you know, conservative, even your heroes will die, you know, like be ready for the fight of your life because these commies are going to take everything from us. And, you know, you have to be the new Jed, you know, that shit. And right. Right before Jed does get shot, him and Maddie have a conversation. Right. Where he's he, leaving that conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's saying, I'm proud of you and shit. And then he's leaving the conversation to go kiss Tony. And that's when he gets fucking shot. Melon. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, no, they're drinking a beer. I got it written down. I'm sorry. Jed gives Maddie his first beer. And then he goes, Tony stole my beer. And uh, he goes to give Tony another beer. And that's when he gets shot. And Maddie just turns into the leader. Now, Maddie is like ready to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up getting away in a station wagon. And uh, they're driving down this road. And Brett, I have to imagine you loved this. The mayor's son somehow got a tracker put in him. And it's, it's <sighs> never explained. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I was so pissed, man. Because I was like, <laughs> you... You did. You made this kid like give him a redemption. I mean, don't be. You obviously made the black kid the traitor, or his parent, his family the traitor. Now he's like the problem. All of a sudden, he has like something sewn under his skin, and they know exactly what it is. There's never been trackers. That's not even like a. I don't even know of any military. I've never even heard of that in like um in any sort of real warfare. I've never no, heard of like a soldier anymore. saying like the worst part was the trackers. They'd shoot them. You wouldn't even know you'd get shot and not even realize you're being tracked. It's like, no, <laughs> I or get it. Surgery happened. Like knock you out and surgically install it. Um, so well, they said stupid. we thought it was a knife wound. Remember? Oh, they were like, yeah, okay. He had a knife wound. And then they're like, they put a fucking tracker in him and <laughs> they realize it. And then somebody's like, can you take the tracker out? And he's like, no, it's sewn inside of him. And now this, it's so weird. It didn't make, it really, it takes you way out of like, it is such, like what I figured, what I thought was he's fighting a guy. The guy has a knife with a, this is the only way I can describe this. The guy okay. has a knife with a tracker on the end of it. And oh. when he cuts you, the tracker goes inside of you. That was like, it. that's the oh, only that's way tight. I could figure out it could happen. See, and but this is why I think that that kind of thing 
to introduce is way too late because we don't know, know that technology. We've none of our military books that we read dutifully have tracker knives in them, but I do think it's a cool concept. And that's why this should have been Cobra commander. They should have just went, it should have just won the fake bad guy that can have some more deus ex machina weapons, you know, yeah. if you're, that's what you're going to rely on by, by this point. It's like, what did this even do? There's one minute left in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> after this happens, and you haven't heard shit about it at all. I could not figure it out. So they hand this kid. This is a real Walking Dead moment, I would say, where he's like, "Just give me a pack," and they give him a a pack, and he's just supposed to go off on his own, and yeah, uh, they're gonna find him and kill him. And and they did get him. that is redemption for him. Uh, he's brave oh. in the end. He was very That's brave, true. and he died. You know, he 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 uh, accepted his de- his uh, his his death uh, for the shame that his family has brought upon this city. Yeah, and the Marines uh, are getting ready to take off, and they they tell the Wolverines like, "Hey guys, uh, uh, would you uh, you want to come with us? You can leave. You can go to the free states of America." And they're like, "No, we don't. We want to keep fighting. We're the Wolverines." And then uh, Maddie gives the same speech Jed gave him at the beginning, word for word, which is, yeah, I get it. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Fairy tale. (laughs) He gave him that speech, what we are thinking, more than 13 weeks ago. And he remembered it word for word. It felt like really weird to me. I had to write it down because I needed to know it in two days. So... I like that. The yeah, he camp- never forgot. This is a perfect, like, this is a really good, perfectly stupid, simpleton story out of 1950s comic books. Just, you know, perfect, um, perfect, just uh, like one, one lone patriot standing up against communism can light the fire, you know, of a thousand more. So in the end, uh, for some reason, the prison camp starts chanting Wolverines, and that really pissed off the North Koreans. And then they break them out. They break. They start to break people out at the yep. uh, um, at the. And then there's an odd thing that happens that I'm not going to be mad about necessarily, but at the movie's ending, they show a bunch of the prisoners running to get out of the jail, and they're carrying an American flag in front of them. <sighs> And it's so it's placed and digitally altered and CGI'd so well <laughs> to just it kind of it kind of looks like um, at the end it goes into like first person view and it feels like the storming of the beaches of Normandy a little bit where there's just like people and bodies in front of you and it's kind of muffled and everybody's just running and it's chaos but there's like this lone flag is like rustling right ahead of you and like giving you the courage to fight on. Which, yes. I mean, I would do that for, like, a, a black cat flag. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to read a few good reviews because we were good goofing reviews. on it. Yeah, okay. good reviews. Uh, Andrew H. said, this remake may not be logical, but the relevance, action, and actors make it worth a watch for those interested. That is a okay. four-star review on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, um, I like the actors involved. Um, the relevance, I'm worried about you saying that. I know. Um, <laughs> if you think this is documentary, I don't know. It makes me nervous that it, this is a guy that's prepping that yes. is probably a prepper who saw this and was like this is really relevant this is probably gonna happen five stars on september 21st 2020 well done 
better stunts, effects, and scenes, pulling the story into a more modern time. This time it's the North Koreans, and the playing field is the city. Uh, <laughs> I love when people get a little bit of editorial language. <laughs> Let me set the table. Um, okay, when, give me the date one more time. It was uh, September 19th, 2020. So this person was ready to take over the Michigan mayorship. They were ready to storm the governor's mansion, and that's why they were watching this, because that was right after uh, quarantine. Uh, April 14th, 2020. In my opinion, the movie is so underrated. Good plot and also good actors. Um, It's not underrated. I got to tell you, I mean, it's not overrated. I, I wouldn't say that. I would say for the amount, for the magnitude the original has, um, which is so good, um, it and so like important to a lot of like really horrible people. Um, I think it was pretty hard. I thought it was going to be a way bigger flop. I was expecting like really to grind through it, but I think they tried their best to recreate what they had before. And um, I, I kind of. I I every I mean everybody knows I'm a little right wing and I kind of like the hero story about the person that saved their whole town and did did, did persevered and like is yeah so, so I like Maddie Eckert. Here's the last one I'm gonna read and uh, we did this for one on Point Break and I think we're gonna try to do one for every single one of these. This is Randall K. He wrote this review on November third, twenty nineteen. And uh, he said, better than the original wild thing to say. Ooh, that's wow. that's yeah. what this is. Because that we did a point break that was better than the original, too. Yeah, I don't uh, know if that's that's a pretty big claim um, <laughs> to make. Uh, I, I watched just like, like I said, I literally watched probably about 45 minutes of the old one. And was just immediately like, oh, my God, this is so, so good. It's so tense. And it's so old school. And it's just like... Uh, Jennifer Gray is really fucking good in it. Leah Thompson is really fucking good in it. Like everybody in there is like firing on all cylinders. I, I don't think you should say it's it's better, but I can say you just they're carrying the flame. That's <laughs> so there, there's definitely more here. Uh, he goes, uh, this remake of the 80s film Red Dawn is everything it should be and more. <laughs> what keeps this movie going is the fast-paced and constant action. It was edited very well. There is some good humor in it as well. The ending like made cream? me... <laughs> I, I think he's talking about when they make the kid drink the blood. Is oh, yeah, that was funny. That's the yeah, only the thing I can think of. The humor. <laughs> 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 he did it. He went. He probably went snipe hunting too. So here we go. The ending made me tear up. What makes this film particularly interesting <laughs> is that this could actually happen. Oh. What I mean, <laughs> what nobody I mean else like. <laughs> they're all. Everybody. I think this could happen here. <laughs> I think we're getting filled with. <laughs> heroic patriotic hateful right-wing ideas yeah. so does anybody this- else is any other white christian man seeing what i'm seeing when we watch this <laughs> so he goes, is that this could actually happen what i mean by that so he, he does go on oh. to explain this what i mean by that is if we continue on the path we're on society will crumble and we'll have a socialist slash communist police state like the one in this movie i pray that <laughs> okay. myself and other lovers of liberty can stand up to tyranny like the characters of red dawn 
Yeah, I love that. Because then they also get to borrow. They get to borrow all the Valor. Valor. They're like, this is exactly what I would do. <laughs> I, I they're not going to take my motherfucking land. And it's like, no, you got killed by one of the paratrooper guys. It was just spraying. <laughs> you were eating a fucking ice cream cone and just got blasted in the neck by a stray bullet. Nah, like you didn't. You, you were didn't, a collaborator. You. you yeah, were you collaborated. You. Yeah. You never stood up for anything in your fucking life. So you just did what the North Koreans told you to do. You're in the prison camp. You're you're one of the you're not a Wolverine. You're one of the characters in the prison camp. That's why it's inspiring because they're gonna sit. He's gonna sit and wait in a prison camp until some fucking Marines come save him. <laughs> that's quarterback. The, that's the, the dream. Yes, the quarterbacks here. <laughs> that's a that's an underrated part of the movie is that we're looking at a Marine and a quarterback, which are uh, you know <laughs> yeah, the, the bravest people in America. <laughs> No, they should. The original had some cowboys in it too, so that would have been nice if they could have thrown that in as well. But <laughs> yeah. you can't get them all. So this is an extremely stupid movie. I will say that, and I, I, it could happen in real life. That's for sure. And and you know what? For any people listening to this show, I want to say, meet up with me and Brad. Well, we're going to be the Wolverines if something yeah, happens the, here. No, it's us that are actually the Wolverines, not them. Yeah, be we'll be the Wolverine. I want to see a fan at it. I want to see like someone go and just digitally change everything so that uh, it's uh, America. You know, I wish they made another. I I now it's like kind of like I feel like I feel like I could write a good one now without really being yeah without there being like a real country. I think uh-huh. which uh, honestly I think the people who made this movie were in a really tough spot sure. because if they had not made it a country they would have gotten yelled at too you know what i mean and and you're making like a right-wing movie they didn't really care if me and you liked it they were going for somebody else and those people that see the movie would have been pissed if there wasn't a real country that that would have been what they would would been yelling at it would have been too pc for them yeah, they've been sitting in their house reading all kinds of crazy articles about North Korea, so they, they hate them and think that they want to kill them, but they think actually they're going to kill them first. It's the classic conservative projecting what they really feel. And that's why they should let me and you write a new one for mm-hmm. liberals, for American liberals, where yeah. it is fucking Russia. It's Russia and Putin oh. plays Cho, and then <gasps> libs are like, uh, instead of like killing them with guns and stuff like that, because like the conservatives are out there, they're like, we got to kill these people with guns. And then uh-huh. the libs are like, uh, no, we got to meet up with them and have a conversation. I think we can change their minds and they won't be, uh, they won't be a problem for us anymore. <laughs> and that'll be like th- what ends up happening at the end is like a real West Wing moment where somebody's like uh would you like us to attack your country and in a movie they're like no actually we wouldn't and then the movie ends i was thinking maybe everyone is holding pens in the air and saying vote them out vote them out vote and they're just like people with clipboards are like running through the forest and getting new people to sign up to new voter registration and shit they're like going out to the out camps and like registering prisoners and stuff and putting fake people on the rolls to to defeat uh all the old dirty democrat tricks uh are coming back to defeat Cho in north korea yes well it'd be putin and he would sorry, be sorry, here. Sorry. He would be over here, you know, and Trump together. Trump is like the mayor 
you know, where uh-huh. Putin comes over and Trump's the mayor all of a sudden. And okay. it's like, and we could probably get Trump to be in the movie too. Sure. So that is the remake that they'll never remake this movie again. It didn't do well on the box office. Um, the only thing that I could say is like with the, the thing I'm, I'm thinking and, and we won't know for a couple of years is that Top Gun Maverick being so popular and being like a propaganda movie, number one, and number two being a remake and uh, might lead to, you know, more remakes again that are like remakes of popular movies from back then. And there is a chance that this gets picked as one of the movies they remake, but I'm not totally sure that's gonna I, I don't know they might just be like well it didn't work last time we did I don't think it's gonna work now but uh, I'd love to see him try it again yeah if I put my evil marketing mind hat on I would say that like I don't know what other big franchise you could reach back and and pull up that's like was a pop culture thing that had this many people like that a new outsiders or something is <laughs> like yeah. similar but um I, I think that Red Dawn, uh, this is just a little fucking early, just a little bitty early um, be, before um, they were going to find out how violent and like excited the right wing was going to be in this country. So I think I would be considering making this movie again. Thank you. I, that's how I feel, too. I, I just think they should maybe they give it another it. shot. They openly will just be like release a movie and then three years later be like, we didn't fucking mean that. We didn't. It's yeah. something else. Just don't just watch the new one. I mean, they could also look at this and say, like, you know, we could have a universe here. Like, oh, God. You could. Well, that's what they like do that, now. Yeah, that one. What's that? What was that show? Revolution? The David. Yes. Sim- Wait, David who? I don't remember. It was Bad Robot Lost. Guy. It was kind of like Lost. It was, uh, uh, I forget his name. Fucking J.J. Oh, Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yeah, there was that show Revolution where all the power went out. But they could have made this movie like they could do a prequel. That's what I think they would do. They would do a prequel or a sequel. And uh, because that's what Top Gun is, it's not a remake. You just do Red Dawn Part Two. And it, it, this one doesn't count. It's the Red Dawn from, it's Part Two to that Red Dawn from a long time ago. Actually, I know the perfect franchise that did this and it has all the right pieces together. This is just like Mad Max. Yes, where you can hand yes. it to anybody and you could tell micro stories about like what people were doing in the in the south to fight back when the Wolverines were getting started. You could you and, could take it to current skirmishes to win. You could take it to like the de- defense. You could you could build a whole fucking world. Yeah, and people would go see it. I can guarantee yeah. it. This movie this movie failed because it, it on Rotten Tomatoes it has like a 14% and a 50% on user reviews. It movies that are that bad fail. Like this is bad enough that the users didn't like it, which is really rare on on Rotten Tomatoes. What's the I'm more, I'm more Google these days. What does Google say? What does Google say? I'm, I I have it right here. Google says 6.3 IMDb, 46% on, oh, wait, is this 1984? 74% of users like this movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a Google guy. I'm a Rotten Tomatoes guy. 
I don't, I think that it takes too much effort and that Google is really good at getting people to just like share information or answer questions about stuff or just hit a thumbs up. So I'm starting to lead more towards their aggregation. So 75% of people, maybe they took the, that's also the people that took the time out of their day to say, I love this. I'm a proud American. I'm Liberty minded. Uh, Thomas Jefferson bootleggers. This is totally like a founding fathers guerrilla warfare thing. It's, it's a parable. It's the Bible. It's American Jesus shit. It's like, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that, that last review we read, it's the type of thing that really makes me nervous when people are like, this could really happen. It's like, uh, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) They're convincing (laughs) himself it's happening right now. I know. I know. That's what's scary about it. Well, that is our MCU rebooted episode for the week. Red Dawn. Brett, thank you for doing this, of course. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted to do Red Dawn with anybody else. This, you were the only person that I was going to have do Red Dawn because it's an insane movie. And it is uh, everything me and you have uh, fantasized about only from a leftist perspective <laughs> <laughs> they should let us make it they should let us like they should let us make like trump gets reelected and or or maybe even desantis gets reelected and then they're like we're making like abortion and being trans illegal and then we have to go out and and stop it you know like we have to get our people together and we have to go out we got to we got to end this shit so that's my pitch. Please listen. And uh, I will see you next week with either Nightmare on Elm Street or RoboCop. Peace.